In today's Coffee Connection, I had the chance to speak with one of our 2023-24 Young Ambassadors, Meg Tagizawa, a chemistry major at the University of Washington. My name is Hani Geist. Welcome to Coffee Connections. Meg spent last summer in Germany with a DAD RISE Research Internship in Science and Engineering program in Coburg. She had no prior connection to Germany and didn't know any German. Meg shares her experience as a RISE intern, how she found out about the program, what the application was like, and she shares some tips and best practices to successfully apply. She describes in detail her day-to-day -day experience in and outside the lab. One sentence stood out. The RISE internship changed my life. And now, have a listen. I am Meg Takizawa, and I am currently a senior at the University of Washington in Seattle. So I'm studying chemistry. What is your experience with Germany? What did you do? Yeah, so I basically fortunately got the DAD Rice Scholarship uh, in 2022. So it was, you know, the summer after my second year just ended uh, at my college. But basically, I had no exposure to Germany before that at all. Like, I've never even been to Europe. So I would say that this is the only time I ever really got to, like, see Germany, know what it actually like, you know, beyond all the stereotypes I've been hearing in beforehand. So, yeah, like, it, it's, it was a very memorable experience just because, you know, my first time in Germany and also, like, I got to do cool science there. So then if you didn't have exposure to Germany or you didn't take a German course, where did you actually find out about this opportunity? Actually, uh, I didn't even know about this until like one month before the deadline of the DAD race program. And I only knew a little bit about it because my friends were talking about it. They were like, oh, have you heard about this like opportunity in Germany? And then they were excited to go to Europe but for me like I didn't know I don't know anything about Europe mm. so I was just like oh it's just a cool opportunity but then you know like a week later I got an email from like the office of merit and scholarships you know they always frequently send these like newsletters to students and they always like advertise these like study opportunities and this email contained that exact same information the DAD rice program and then that's when I knew oh my friends were talking about this and then I was like you know this is the second time hearing about this so it must be something important <laughs> and also for me like I wanted to try something new like challenge myself mm -hmm. because I really like doing research in America but like I also wanted to like expand my horizon so I was like this is my opportunity and I you know of course I had this whole imposter syndrome and everything but then yeah, that was the moment when I decided, like, I will commit to this. I will just apply this and see how it goes. So, yeah, that you was how it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have a lot of follow-up questions. This, mm -hmm. this episode is also for individuals who are interested and maybe don't know anything about the application process, any advice. So you like research in the United States, but you wanted to experience something else. So you had some research experience prior to the RICE program? Yeah, I think I was very lucky because uh, my first year was actually coincided with the, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. So my first year was actually fully remote, but I was able to find like a position in the Department of Chemistry at my college. And we did like some online, like, you know, literature review. We would just like read publications. And then I got to do a little bit of in-person research the summer of my first year. So it was like, you know, right before my second year even began. And so yeah, so I'd say like my research experience compared to like past applicants, like, you know, before COVID or even like now, I would say my experience was not like as, you know, wide as maybe other applicants, but 
I still was able to like, you know, commit through this because there was a project that, you know, that was posted on the database that kind of overlapped a lot with what I was doing already. That's why like, you know, I guess this really minor experience, but it was still meaningful to me. So yeah, that was how I got like some research experience beforehand. So not going into the nitty gritty of how do you log on to the website, but okay, so now you knew about the program and you knew when the database opens, what was the next step for you? For the next step, first of all, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I chose three labs because um, there was a former student in the lab who already graduated by the time I entered the lab, but she actually got the DAD right scholarship. So she had experience in applying and my PI saw that. So my PI recommended me, oh, choose three places. And then I knew like at that time, I really liked doing like something related to biology and chemistry. So I chose two labs based on, uh, you know, like something related to medicine. And then for the third lab, I chose something that was really close to what I was already doing. So I remember the first steps of application. I was just figuring out what I wanted to do, basically. Yeah, I guess I can also go into the next step of the application mm -hmm. process. Yeah. After I chose like three places, I told my PI like, hey, may I get your letter of recommendation for this application? I think that's the hardest part personally yeah. for this because I feel like students, they could like cram. It's not mentally healthy, but they could finish cover letters because that's what you have to submit for each of your, the lab positions. But the cover letters, I feel like you could really cram in like two or one week. But the PIs and the professors, they're always busy. And mm -hmm. a letter of recommendation is not easy to craft if it's like their first time writing for you. So that was something that uh, when I, the moment I knew that like I was going to apply to this and commit to this, I immediately told my PI, hey, may I get your letter of recommendation? She fortunately said yes. I feel like, you know, for other people, you just have to keep asking until someone says yes for you. Yeah, and what we always suggest is to ask for a quality letter of recommendation because it, if someone says no or feels like they don't really have a lot to say about you, then it's an out for them and you mm -hmm. can go to someone else and do get a quality letter of recommendation and it may hurt a little bit and be uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, you want to go abroad. You didn't know anything about Germany. Uh, so how did you choose the programs, the universities? Did you also look into the cities and make your decision based on that? Or was it really purely the internship mm -hmm. opportunity? Yeah, yeah. So I now I'd recommend people to look at the location too, because I personally didn't when I was applying to the program here. Um, also, I guess, like like I said previously, I applied to three places, and then the first two were purely based on like, oh, this seems interesting. I've never done it before, but might as well try it because it's like an industrial position. And then the third one was because it was closely tied to my past projects that, you know, I just happened to do in my first year. But I actually don't regret, regret like you're not really choosing a location. In the end, like, you know, I feel like my town was just like you know the town I was in it was like really like resourceful already and there were like great communities everywhere so I, I guess I was just super lucky <laughs> but yeah location wise I didn't check at all for like not even the geography but I remember that the when they post the positions on the database and then usually there's like a letter from like a like the grad student they will briefly describe what the location is like I did read that for all three positions and so that gave me a little bit of idea of what kind of place you know each internship was located in basically where did you go I don't think we've we talked oh, yeah. about that yet 
where you were actually and in what lab and what was your task on a daily basis? Yes, yes. So basically, I got the scholarship to intern at the Institute of Sensor and Actuator Technology, which is a small institution within Coburg University. So Coburg is a really small city in Bavaria, the southernmost state, and it's like a hidden gem is what I heard from a lot of local people because it's like not even like, you know, the German citizens know about this city, not everyone, but it's like really peaceful with a lot of nature and also with great people and food. And then at the institution, I specifically like focused on like, I would say a lot of technical words, but like fabricated like this electrophoresis microfluidic chip. And so it's used to like separate things using like voltage and I basically had to learn like, you know, fluid dynamics or like physics of like liquids and also like basically figuring out how to make my device with these materials that were provided to me and then the instruments that were provided at the university. I can like briefly summarize my day-to-day activities as well. So in the beginning, I was taught by my mentors that the institution does offer a lot of instruments, but not all of them were accessible by students. And even like you know, some employees as well. So what we had to do was to go to this like public makerspace, um, which was like, you know, five minute walk from the university. And then we would like, you know, get trained by the workers there. And then we would use those instruments to like create like, you know, print 3D print things or like, you know, laser cut things. And so it was a little bit like surprising for me because to make something, you have to like go book your appointment, but sometimes it's, it's a public makerspace. So you have to also make sure that other people can get their time. And if you're not being proactive, like for me, it was really hard to like, you know, stay on top of my schedule and engineer whatever I had to do. So yeah, so this experience, it had a lot of engineering components and physics components which is something that I didn't have a lot of experience in coming into Germany because my lab at the University of Washington is more on like the medical applications of this device. But so for me, I got to really know like the fundamental physics, I guess, behind how this device works in the first place. So it was a really, really great like complement to what I did previously. How did you work with the researchers there and how did you interact with them? Yeah, so I had my main mentor who posted the internship op position and then there's another intern like you know who wasn't a deity rice recipient but another deity scholarship and then her mentor was also really like helpful because I like he knew a lot more about like the instruments I was using so I was mostly interacting with those two postdocs and doctorate students and then he I I like like talking to them I was talking to him a lot professor Dreze <laughs> And he was basically helped teaching me all the fundamentals of like fluid dynamics. And then I was able to like implement that into like my device design. He would like give me feedback. For other colleagues, they would help me and this other intern on like uh, training, you know, and getting to know about some instruments offered at the makerspace because they were already certified to use them. So yeah, it was in the science time, you know, when I did research, like I got to talk with a lot of those colleagues, mostly like, you know, kind of like a mentorship style. So like nothing really personal, I guess. And then uh, I guess in lunchtime was, you know, when everyone like completely took breaks and like got off their work. 
And I thought that was like the best part of the internship because everyone was like prioritized work-life balance. So like when it became lunchtime, that's when I just, just get to freely talk with anyone. Yeah, so I got to share my cultural experience from America and they got to teach me about the German culture. And that's when my really like my interest in Germany really began, I think. You uh, talked a lot about talking and like exchanging <laughs> ideas. Was that in German? And I guess the question for other applicants, oh no, I don't know any German, I'm not able to do this or how am I going to do this? So what was your experience with that? Yeah, so I had no German proficiency. I would say even like a toddler might have been better at German than I am because every conversation I had in the institution was completely English. You know, as long as I talked to them, unless, you know, everyone else was just talking German. But I would say that you don't need to know German to apply to this program and pursue an internship. That's what most of my friends did. I think you would only have to be careful, like outside of your research institution, when you like do your daily stuff, like, you know, getting groceries or like maybe like asking for directions and not everyone's going to know English, I, especially if you go to like a smaller city like I did, where like there were a lot more like older people and then they weren't completely proficient in English as the younger generations. So that was the only part where I really kind of struggled a little bit, where there were more hand gestures than for like words <laughs> at that point, <laughs> or like using translator as I go. The only German really like language I knew was like saying, not like, you know, like saying hello and saying thank you and saying delicious. So like all the positive stuff that, you know, you can make people <laughs> happy. <laughs> and over time, I tried, I really try to learn as much as possible so that like, you know, when I'm outside of the institution and by myself, then I would still be like self-sustainable, I guess. So yeah, that was, that is the only thing that I would like caution people. Like, it's okay if you don't know, it's just like, you just have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And you shared with me in a previous conversation that you actually stayed with a host family. So That's how did you find the host family and what was that experience like? Yeah, so with the host family situation, I'd say, again, I would think I was pretty lucky because once you get the DAD Rice Scholarship, they, I believe that organization kind of expects you to take the initiative to find your own housing opportunities. And for me, I actually kind of forgot about that for a while until the international office at Coburg University reached out to me and they were like, hey, have you found any accommodations yet? And they were like, if not, we there's a host family near the university. It's only like a 20 minute walk. Um, and then they were like, if you're interested, then like I can help you connect with the landlady. And at the time I didn't I didn't have any housing accommodation, you know, I don't I didn't know any place. So I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity. And then I said yes. And then immediately I was matched with the landlady and yeah, that was how I got to like basically find a host family. So yeah, my host family, um, there was my landlady and then her son and then his partner. Um, the landlady, I would say her English was only like slightly better than my German. So we just didn't really understand each other that much. But her son spoke like fluent English and German. So as well as partners so basically we were able to like have a language bridge <laughs> across me and my landlady uh, most of the time but other times uh, I know that my landlady at least really like I could see her trying her best to speak in English because I couldn't speak any German then but I guess like you know as much as like you know I felt the language barrier then like they were still really like welcoming and they were like it's okay if you don't know any German like we'll help you and then 
because on the weekends they would like take me to a city near Coburg called Bamberg mm-hmm. and um so I got to see like all the touristy spots like you know around Coburg and you know uh when I also had to like go to Berlin for like a specific like business uh reason um like they took me to a station the nearest station and they were like you know they said something in German but it was something like you know have a great time there <laughs> um <laughs> so it was like over time like you know like I felt really uncomfortable at the beginning because you know they would speak German at home and then I would just come in with my English but they were they didn't like you know think of me differently they were like oh it's okay and then they did regular family activities and just included me and at the end you know the landlady even said she's like oh you're like my daughter now Um, (laughs) I I actually still keep in contact with them like you know I I'm trying to learn German independently Mm -hmm. so I send messages in German and you know give give them photos and stuff and yeah so personally like you know I sometimes sometimes I felt like you know they were spoiling me because like I could just (laughs) survive with English um but yeah I think that was the that really made me feel comfortable in this environment that I've never been in before and I was really grateful for that yeah what's your advice for students applying for RISE when we presented all the DAD RISE opportunities I just mentioned several tips for the application, but I think one of them still carries over, which is have confidence. And it's okay, like, if you don't know anything. But what I really, really, really liked, you know, that I would still do it again, is that you keep kind of looking for, like, the hidden gems, basically. Because there are just so many beauty outside of the tourist guides, you know, outside of, like, the photos that you commonly see in the websites. It's just, like... The small things that you see from like the people, the small things that you see from like buildings, everything is just like because like, you know, you feel like you're in a different world and like all those artistic elements just kind of like really stand out. So I would say like it's okay if you feel scared up in the beginning, especially if you don't know German like me. But over time, like I feel like I hope people would just have confidence, you know, to apply and that know that there is a really beautiful culture, like, you know, even outside of America and everywhere else. So yeah it's like just keep exploring is my advice for everyone (laughs) well on that note what is your favorite place in Germany or like going uh, out after work traveling what place did you really enjoy Ooh, that's a really good question I actually really liked Marktplatz in Goberg it's like such a common place for like many people but I don't know everything kind of looked like a castle to me like because I've never been to Germany before Europe and all the buildings looked like dollhouses and then like you know there was this beautiful statues and also like random like what's it called again bratwurst <laughs> kind of sold on the street side and and then getting like the ice cream everything was just like I know it's like really common for many German like citizens and residents but like those really common activities were just so different from the common activities I did I have done in Seattle like so I don't know I felt like I was a tourist like all the time because I was taking photos of everywhere in Coburg <laughs> so what is your favorite food that you have food? in Germany <sighs> I really like currywurst but not like the fancy restaurant one it was a really cheap one <laughs> but it was better than the one I had in a restaurant and I can't remember the name it was like a I know it's like a common chain, but a uh, currywurst was really good. I'm really sounding like a tourist right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Jaeger schnitzel. 
-hmm. that was the first time I had schnitzel in my life and it was actually really similar to this Japanese dish called tonkatsu Mm -hmm. which is like a similar concept you know you kind of get a pork cutlet and coat it and fry it but I got to see the Japanese version and then like now it's a German (laughs) version and I really liked it actually it's like you know kind of eerily familiar because you know what it kind of supposed to taste like but then like the cranberry sauce or something that you add with like the mashed potatoes I thought that was a really unique combination and I kind of fell in love with schnitzel after that (laughs) so you did rise and then you came back now what do you think this internship did for your career and now that you are back on campus when I did the DD Rise, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I really liked research. But it was actually with a conversation with my host family that really sparked this interest because, you know, they were talking about like this potential energy shortage problem due to like the Russia-Ukraine war. And I've always really liked helping people. But then hearing my host family talking, you know, being really anxious about this. And also like I've heard other people talk about it, too it really kind of sparked my interest in energy at that point. And then that's when I decided, oh, I want to use research as a way to help people, like continue helping people through my career, because I really believe that science can transform a lot of societies. So after that, I grew interest in energy, but I also grew interest in that new passion of using science as um, improving the lives of others. I came back to, you know, university, and I decided to change my major kind of switched my research interest. So that's what I was doing this summer, basically, of 2023. And it kind of reinforced my love in research, basically. So you studied chemistry before, and now you do something different, or you did something different, and now you study chemistry? Yeah, it's the latter. Um, So I used to study biochemistry. Um, So that's why I was really interested in like the biological aspects. But now I am doing chemistry because I feel like it's like the most versatile field. It's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how science, there's no borders. It's like chemistry, I feel like it has no borders because Mm -hmm. uh, not to get too technical, but like, I feel like there's chemistry in every field. Like if you could, Mm -hmm. you know, you can identify it. So I was like, oh, I can like really like, you know, collaborate with as many people as possible with this really like wide scale field. And especially the DAD RISE program really like encouraged me that international networking is really exciting you know especially if you have similar interests and then you get to like bond over it it's like I don't think you know I would have ever realized that unless, until I got there this program really drove me to kind of do science to like keep thinking of ways to help people and make that my like lifelong journey like goal basically so yeah it's not really an understatement to say that kind of changed my life it sounds a little bit dramatic but I really think that it really reinforced a lot of the elements that I've had you know a lot of the beliefs I had for science and especially about cultural awareness as well so yeah, it's it's really exciting that, you know, how much this one internship can, you know, make an impact in your life. Well, I didn't do an internship, but I uh, did study abroad. And oh. definitely for me, if, if it hadn't been for my study abroad experience, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in the U.S. and I wouldn't be working for DAD. So it, it really made a huge difference. And that's why I'm so passionate about working for DAD and I really enjoy talking to you and and Mm -hmm. the other young ambassadors because it's just so great to see you all with your great experiences and and sharing that especially with students who don't like you don't know anything about Germany don't know any German but really get a great experience out of their internship or study abroad. 
I feel like it would be nearly impossible to make the same connections without these international opportunities. Like, you know, I've never been to Europe, but then, you know, going to Europe really just, you know, I got to meet this cool host family, I got to meet these amazing mentors. And then now, now that I came back, it's like, you know, those connections still last, you know, the, to, to this day. And yeah, I'm, I'm like really grateful that internships is not just science, it's not just education. It's all about, oh, how can you connect with the rest of the world? So it is really exciting. So I asked about how it affected your career, maybe personally, you talked about confidence, but how else do you think the time abroad changed you and had like a positive impact in your life? Yeah, I think after when I was like adjusting in the beginning of the internship, I was mostly anxious because, you know, the language barrier, obviously, and also just the new environment. Like I think everyone, everything was so stimulating, but I overcame it gradually because I really got to see like the really small details in everything, basically just a one landscape in one city, which is which is so normal for some people. But for me, it was when I saw like the sunset at this one specific region, I was like, oh, I can do even better tomorrow or something. And I started to pay attention to like these like the small stuff. I keep saying hidden gem, but I I really Mm -hmm. mean it because it's like these gems in every location, just a small food or like, you know, people or something. And I think that's still like, you know, that kind of carried over to this day because like, you know, I, I did travel a little bit after I got back to Germany and yeah, the same thing kind of happened. Like I would look at the really like building architecture and be like, oh, I really like that. And I would take like five photos or like, you know, try to talk to as many people as possible because you never know what they like, what they're like knowledgeable about. So I really started to pay attention to these small details and really appreciate them, I think. Instead of like, because I think we tend to overlook a lot of things, especially if we have like a guidebook and only t- summarizes a few things, right? So yeah, I really like, you know, r- encourage me to kind of follow my values basically and then really like see the world as like an, an artistic place kind of. Yeah, so it changed positively impacted my perspective as well. Initially, you said um, you're you're Japanese American. You talked about your comparison to schnitzel to tonkatsu. Yeah, is <laughs> um, a Japanese American going abroad with that perspective in mind? How was your experience in the U.S. or at least in the city I'm currently in, which is like Seattle? There's like a lot of racial diversity, I would say, and cultural diversity, just because like Seattle is a really populated place. I think. So I would meet a lot of other Japanese Americans almost on an everyday basis. But when I went to Coburg, it's like a really small city. And I would say I haven't really met any Asian there unless they were like international students who are studying in Coburg. And not to say that I didn't feel foreign. It's just, you know, oh, it's just a different environment. But that didn't really like, you know, make me feel like I wasn't connected with the community. I would say like, Sometimes I just kind of missed elements of Japanese culture just because that's my home. Because I always grew up in this bicultural environment, you know, appreciating both American and Japanese cultures. That appreciation of culture, I think that still kind of applied when I was spending my time there. Like, I didn't know anything about Germany, but I really appreciated the German culture and the European culture as well. Like, you know, especially how different they were from our cultures. So for me, like, yeah, it was just like, it made me feel like, you know, I was exploring the diversity, a different kind of diversity, I guess, mm-hmm. within this country. And yeah, that was a really good experience for me just to know that, you know, even if you're the minority, some places they would, it's, you're only just a minority, it doesn't really just like hurt you or harm you or anything. It's just who you are. And some people just accept you for who you are. 
so not necessarily in regards to that, just in general, what do you wish you had known before leaving something that maybe you can share with someone who's applying for advice or any kind of funding opportunity? I mean, the only thing I kind of regret is not knowing German and that's literally kind of it. Otherwise, it's just when you're applying, make sure you take advantage of your network. I would say that use all the resources you can to help craft your application or whatever. So what was that in your case, uh, to be more specific, if someone's listening, like, okay, resources, great. <laughs> but what kind of resources is she talking about? Ask the scholarship advisors is my main advice, because all of the applications I've completed so far, including the DAD, right, I would not have been successful without their help. And I'm sure there are scholarship advisors in every university. If not, there is someone like, you know, alumna or alumnus of that program. So I would say, like, definitely contact people. They are willing to help. Just always ask for help and don't hesitate. Yeah, no, don't hesitate, I think, is the other main tip I can give, especially for people who's also in the applying process and who's also got in and are currently doing research or whatever. It's like people are willing to help. You just have to, mm -hmm. I think, specify what you need help on. Mm -hmm. And then if you can narrow your goals and, you know, narrow what you don't know, then people are going to be like, yes, I can help you. <laughs> Reaching out to the right person and like specifying what you need is really important. I asked all the questions that I had. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to share or anything that you would like to add that I didn't get to? Uh, one thing I didn't know about Germany is that you need cash. <laughs> just travel tips. Make sure you have cash on you all the time and your car just in case. And don't withdraw money at the airport because that's like a really last minute, last resort kind of decision. So yeah, I think that's the <laughs> only thing that was really helpful for me to know when I was going, to, when I was going abroad. That's, that's kinda... interesting that you say that. When were you there in 2022? Yeah, 2022. Because we were, my husband and I, my daughter, we were in Germany for six weeks mm -hmm. and uh, we had a lot of cash on us because I, I thought we, we would need a lot of cash mm -hmm. and we were able to pay a lot of the things with card, but that was maybe Bonn and Munich and Berlin specific, but certainly mm -hmm. you should definitely have cash on you. We were yeah. surprised. And at the end, we had a lot of cash over. It's like, well, we have to actually pay with cash now because mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. still have a lot of cash because we've paid <laughs> a lot with, with our credit cards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, so I guess it's regional, like specific, maybe. Nine-year ticket, that's <laughs> also important. <laughs> that's, if you can get that over the summer, then like you could go anywhere. And maybe region doesn't really matter about that point. <laughs> This was my coffee connection with our young ambassador, Meg. You can find her and the other young ambassadors info on our DAD.org website. Check out our DAD USA Instagram account, where we regularly have student takeovers from our young ambassadors, Gilman DAD, and RISE alumni, who share their Germany experiences. All content is created and edited by me, Honey Geist. If you would like to get in touch, send an email to geist at dad.de.